Listener Production. Australia Today's Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 30th of September. New South Wales students are set to head back to the classroom a week early after a crisis cabinet meeting overnight. Under the new plan, kindergarten years 1 and 12 will now return on the 18th of October, a week after Freedom Day, while years 2, 6 and 11 will resume on the 25th of October and all other grades from the 1st of November. While only fully vaccinated teachers will be allowed back onto school grounds. A number of teachers and principals, though, say they weren't consulted over the new changes, and Carol Matthews from the Independent Education Union says there are concerns it may not be safe. We would really like to see a slow return to school so that schools have got the chance to review their ventilation, review whether or not they need additional air filtration and look at how they can manage uh, social distancing of students. And more changes were announced at the New South Wales roadmap overnight with caps on group booking scrapped once the state hits the 80% vaccination target. Meantime, New South Wales Health says all residents over the age of 60 can now get the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Previously, they were only eligible for AstraZeneca. While New South Wales yesterday recorded its deadliest day so far in this pandemic with 15 deaths and 863 new infections. Victoria's health department is now facing up to $95 million in fines after legal action over the hotel quarantine debacle. WorkSafe has charged the department with almost 60 breaches after a 15-month long investigation, saying they endangered the lives of workers, guests and ultimately led to 801 lives being lost. While a COVID outbreak at Melbourne's CFMEU is growing with four people now testing positive to COVID. The office was the site of violent protests in Melbourne last week and is now a Tier 1 exposure site. The state yesterday recorded 950 new COVID cases, its highest daily number ever, and sadly, seven more deaths. Meantime, the list of exposure sites in Queensland is growing after six COVID cases in the southeast of the state. Two shopping centres have now been added to the list after it was revealed a truck driver who tested positive in New South Wales spent three days in the Gold Coast community. The other case detected yesterday was a fully vaccinated close contact of an infected aviation worker. Health authorities have now extended COVID restrictions to the Gold Coast with new rules also applying for hospitals and aviation care facilities. As for a looming lockdown for Queensland, Chief Health Officer Dr Jeanette Young says it will depend on case numbers and also unlinked cases. I'm watching this very, very carefully and I'm just asking, because Queenslanders have done such a fantastic job with our last few outbreaks, that at the moment I'm prepared to wait and see if we've got any local transmission. All of these cases we've got are linked. And in other news this morning, FedEx workers are walking off the job for 24 hours today, striking over job security concerns. It follows fears of outsourcing workers as supply chains reach breaking point. Nick McIntosh from the Transport Workers Union says it's time for FedEx to come to the table. It is just unconscionable that a company making record profits during the pandemic is not prepared to guarantee uh, the job security of the uh, of the workers that made them this profit and that uh, kept this country moving over the last 18 months.
Now let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. To Queensland first, and police are investigating a horror crash in Breadbank overnight that killed four people, including a young child. Our reporter, David Shiraz, has more from Brisbane. Yeah, that's right, Tash. Emergency services were called to the Ipswich motorway just after 11 last night, arriving at the tragic scene. It's understood a sedan was travelling east in the westbound lane of the motorway, colliding head-on with a four-wheel drive, both cars bursting into flames. Three occupants of the four-wheel drive, two adults and a young child, as well as the sole occupant of the sedan, a man in his 30s, died at the scene. Crash investigators are now calling for witnesses to come forward. To Victoria, and medical experts say the state needs a new COVID emergency hotline for people to call to stop overwhelming triple zero services. The emergency number has been jammed in recent days by a surge in calls for non-urgent help by Victorians experiencing coronavirus symptoms. James Lake in Melbourne says that has already led to lengthy delays and one tragic death. Sadly, it's true, Tash. We had a three-year-old girl at Bendigo pass away on Monday night after suffering a cardiac arrest. It happened at the same time as emergency services were already slammed, with her parents waiting on hold for nearly two minutes after calling triple zero. At the same time, Ambulance Victoria was dealing with the biggest rush of calls experienced since the 2016 thunderstorm asthma event. The Emergency Services Telecommunications Authority says the plan for a separate COVID hotline would ease pressure on services and help prevent non-urgent people from clogging the system. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from the switzerreport.com.au. Peter, good morning. We see the federal government has now announced its support for businesses crushed by the coronavirus lockdowns will cease after double-dose vaccination rates hit 80%. That's right. It'll be no more Mr Nice Guy from the Morrison government once the 80% full vaccination rate is hit. And this will mean struggling businesses will be dependent on state government assistance. The belief is that once jab rates lead to the reopening of the economy, revenue will rise for troubled businesses and this will disqualify many of them from getting any help. Current assistance is worth between $1,000 and $100,000 a week, depending on the size of your payroll. And Peter, after two losing days on the stock market with tech stocks on the outer, Wall Street has turned positive. Yeah, and that should be good uh, for our stock market today, Tash. Uh, and it's lost 2.5% in the past two days. The trigger for the sell-off has been rising interest rates in the US bond market because of inflation fears. But there are other concerns such as China's property problem called Evergrande, a COVID resurgent, oil prices surging, and the US Congress has a debt limit problem which could shut down the US government next month. And Peter, from the stock market to the ever-soaring property market, and a leading economist is tipping the huge price rises will end next year. That's right. House prices look like rising by 20% this year, but AMP Capital Shane Oliver says he can only see a 7% rise next year. His slowdown for property prices will be linked to the regulator, APRA, telling banks to say no to borrowers, lower immigration levels and even higher mortgage rates driven by a boom in the overall economy next year. Thanks so much, Peter. Cheers. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, we start with breaking news this morning in the rugby game between the Wallabies and Argentina this weekend is now in doubt. 
Yes, absolutely. Good morning, Tash. That's right. Eight members of the visiting Argentina rugby union squad is stuck in New South Wales. They decided to take a day trip to Byron Bay yesterday, uh, along with two staff members, including the team manager. Now, they've tried to get back to the Gold Coast where their training base is located. Of course, they're due to face the Wallabies this weekend at Seabus Super Stadium. They've been stopped by police and refused entry to Queensland. Obviously, the border bubble there, uh, the restrictions have changed multiple times over the past week and recreational day trips are a no-no obviously you can only uh, go across the border and then back again for uh, work education compassionate care and essential shopping so that does not fit into any of those categories so argentina versus uh, the wallabies now in massive doubt uh, this weekend and a developing story no doubt we'll hear more about this throughout the day yeah, absolutely, Brett. Uh, and South Sydney's outgoing skipper is doing everything in his power to be fit for the grand final this weekend. Yeah, it's the most talked about groin in the country at the moment. That is uh, of Adam Reynolds, the South Sydney uh, skipper. He's having daily physio sessions in the lead-up to the grand final. That groin injury meant that he couldn't kick in the prelim final with uh, Cody Walker, Blake Taff taking over those responsibilities. But Reynolds is confident it won't be an issue in the biggest game of the season. It's been a funny old week. Had that mishap last week and uh, worked around the clock with the physio to get right for that game but it's, it's feeling good obviously still working with the physio on a daily and helps that uh, we're all staying under the one roof and easy access to get to. And the Panthers have some concerns as well with Dylan Edwards, Brian To'o so there's a, a few sore players as there always is leading into the grand final Tash. And talking about the grand final Brett the winners from last weekend's AFL big game the Demons they're flying from Perth back home to Melbourne today with some pretty special cargo on board. Yeah, that is the Premiership Cup, which will be tucked safely away next to Max Gorn, I imagine, uh, the inspirational skipper from uh, the Melbourne Footy Club, breaking that 57-year Premiership drought. It would be hard for them to celebrate with all their fans, given the lockdown in Melbourne at the moment. Eventually, they'll get to do that. Now, Jake Lever has revealed what went on during that stunning third quarter that turned the grand final on its head. It was an avalanche of goals, uh, but they actually wanted to just lock down and tighten up the game toward the end. Before the first goal that we actually kicked we went into the midfield as a backline group and said all right boys it's only a minute ago let's slow it down let's really <laughs> lock down we kicked three goals and i think each time they kicked the goal me and Maisie just walked up and said boys just do that again <laughs> i guess the best form of attack is defense and that worked out for the d's last weekend tash certainly did brett thanks so much And wild thunderstorms are set to cause havoc over the next few days as a supercell storm moves across the country. The Adelaide Hills was yesterday hit with torrential rain and hail before damaging winds, giant hailstones and heavy rain hit some parts of western New South Wales. Severe weather warnings have now been issued for many areas of New South Wales, Queensland and Victoria. But in some good news, the wild conditions are set to ease in some parts of the country by the weekend. And that's all you need to know to start your day with Australia Today's Morning Agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode and a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day. Stay safe. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.